Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, we're talking all about Jack Eichel with Sneaky Joe on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Happy Tuesday. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder, you could hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or the new Odyssey app, which is spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at L-O underscore Ducks, or follow my personal Twitter at StimbyJD. So I had alluded to this yesterday, but we're going to talk all about the rumors regarding Jack Eichel possibly coming to the Anaheim Ducks. And let's be honest here, Jack Eichel is a top forward in the league. So the Ducks would be good to at least exercise what could possibly be traded for him. Well, it so happens that I happen to have a conversation about this with Joe DiBiase, or Sneaky Joe, from WGR 550 AM Radio, sports radio in Buffalo, New York. So I talked to Sneaky Joe for a little bit about all this, and we'll have that conversation for the first two segments and then the final segment I'll give my final thoughts on the whole I guess Jack Eichel deal and what are some pros and cons about that so without further ado here is the first part of that conversation with Jody Biasi from Locked on Sabres and from WGR 550 AM Sports Radio before we get into any specific type of details um, about what the trade might look like, even, I mean, this could be about like wh- how interested the Ducks should be, or maybe they are. I know we've seen Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet multiple times, both on our station and at WGR Buffalo on his own podcast, 31 Thoughts. Multiple times he says he has said that the Ducks and the Sabres are talking about Eichel. Um, so how, how, does that, how does that read to you as someone that covers the Ducks what, what do you think of the idea of them being a team that is seriously considering a trade like this? Oh, absolutely. These two teams have been hammering it out back and forth for the past few weeks. And apparently we've had some Buffalo Sabres scouts, as it were, coming down to San Diego, checking out some of the prospects, checking out some of the players because Anaheim hasn't played in about seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And San Diego just came off of being in the Pacific Division semifinals. So there were a lot of scouts coming out to Irvine, and especially a ton coming out to Bakersfield for that three-game set between the Condors and the Goals. So they're very much plugged into all the prospects and the like in San Diego. Yeah. So is this a deal you think the Ducks should be chasing? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Jack Eichel is a top 20 player in the National Hockey League. He would be a game-changer for the Anaheim Ducks. And immediately his offensive numbers jump out to me. His offensive efficiency his rating, according to Evolving Wild, is at a 94 percentile rank. Yep. Not many players better than Jack Eichel. And he's only 24 years old. Yeah. 24 got, years old. Yeah. This is, this is not a player that really ever becomes available. I mean, oh, yeah, not, not in my lifetime. Like, you've seen John Tavares come available in free agency, but when did he become available? He became available at 28 years old, whereas Eichel is it's four years before that. Guys that are that good... When they're 24, it takes very special circumstances for them to become available. And obviously you have very special circumstances here with a team that is on a league-long 10-year playoff drought. In fact, I think that might be the league record. If it's not, then they t- they tied it this year at 10 years. Just a league where you don't see 
10-year playoff droughts because of the parity. Um, and you, of course, have the, the compounding issue with his surgery and whatnot. Uh, and he wants to get the sur- he wants to get the surgery. The Sabers don't want him to get the surgery, and it sounds like they kind of want to punt that decision to uh, to another team. But Eichel seems to be driving it that he would be the one that he, he's the one who really wants out in the first place. And who could blame him? I mean, yeah, twenty four year old kid from Boston who grew up with the Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, and Patriots is winning championship after championship. He's like always winning in junior hockey and in college hockey, and then he gets here and just boom, nothing at all. So that to me makes sense. But I wonder about your your thoughts on what Eichel might think of his landing in Anaheim. He doesn't really have a say in the matter in that he does not have a no trade clause. But how do you think Eichel would feel about that? Because the Ducks have not had a lot of recent success. Um, my original thought would be he might not love it because of that. But at the same time, I think they are probably closer. They've got to be closer to contention than the Sabres are right now. They're closer because, well, two things. One, the Ducks just played in a season where they had to play Colorado eight times, Vegas eight times, the Minnesota Wild with Kirill Kaprizov for one season for eight games, St. Louis for eight games. They're playing all these terrific teams that are among, no, they are the best teams in the league, Vegas and Colorado are. Their combined record against those two teams, they got three, three wins in 16 games. That isn't, well, no, Vegas owns them. Colorado owns them almost as much as Vegas. So having to play them 16 times did not help their record at all. Then you tie in Minnesota with the one year of Kirill Kaprizov, but that's another story for another day. And it's it's a recipe for disaster. We knew this was going to be a rebuilding year, or sorry, a retooling year, according to GM Bob Murray. Now that they're at this spot where they will be back in the Pacific Division, back playing Vancouver, who is a weaker team right now. They're going to play Arizona, who's getting weaker, and they're going to have a couple of Canadian teams back in their division, which is only going to help them out. And of course, you have Seattle. Seattle is the wild card in all of this. We don't know how good they're going to be. We don't know if teams are going to be more careful on this expansion draft compared to four years ago. Yeah, that's right. Um, So I kind of think that the Ducks might be the favorite right now to land Jack Eichel. I think the Rangers were the betting odds favorite or partners at bet online when they released odds a couple of months ago. But since then we have had multiple reports. One that said that the same that came this week, that the Sabres want to send Eichel to the West. They don't want him in the East. And if the East team wants him, that they'll have to pay a premium. And then two, this was from about a month ago. We had that the Rangers last off season were unwilling to give up Alexis Lafreniere in a potential Eichel deal. Now, considering what the Ducks have to offer and the Blue Jackets have to offer and the Kings have to offer, these are all teams that all have, at least the Kings and the Ducks do, better high-level prospects than the Rangers if they're not giving up Lafreniere. And Anaheim picks three. Columbus picks fifth, and they have two other first-round picks. You got the Mm -hmm. Kings picking at eight. The Rangers are at 16. So all of that being said, I kind of think the Ducks are the favorite to land Jack Eichel. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, there was but, there was but, a quote today. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, do you think those high-level prospects, though, um, would be included in a deal like this? Because there's been some doubt. There's been questions, maybe not doubt, of whether Zegris, Trevor Zegris, Jamie Drysdale would be included in an Eichel offer. They should be. And one more quote from earlier today where it said mm-hmm. Anaheim is going to do something big. Teams are saying that Buffalo right. will potentially have a second pick in the top 10 or high in the draft, which mm-hmm. is big because if Buffalo wants that number three pick, 
hey, if I'm the Ducks, I say give him that number three pick because to me, Jack Eichel is a once, maybe not once in a generational type talent, but he is someone that will help generate offense. People forget the Ducks were the lowest ranked offense in the NHL this past season. They were in the bottom five as far as goals scored. They were in the bottom as far as power play percentage. Jack Eichel could help solve both of those problems just like that. And if Mm -hmm. the Ducks can give up a number three pick and a couple of prospects, yeah, you take that deal 10 out of 10 times. And I I know this, I know who you're going to ask me about, so I'm going to get it over with. Trevor Zegers is obviously the diamond in the rough here. Trevor Zegers is the number one rated prospect in the Ducks pool. He's one of the top rated prospects in the entire National Hockey League. The main reason that the Ducks would possibly give up Trevor Zegers is if it was just Zegers and the pick and that was it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe possibly they could give up two prospects and have Buffalo eat some of that contract, although I doubt it because Anaheim has a ton of cap space going into next season. Getzloff goes off the books. Corey Perry's not going to get paid $6.8 million next season. Mm-hmm. You have David Backus, who just retired. That alone is going to open up a plethora of space. Mm-hmm. So as far as Trevor Zegers goes, um, I look at his speed being one of the top things in his game. What people don't realize, he's a very smart player. There was one particular game down in Irvine that Trevor Zegers tried in Michigan, missed it, <laughs> and then faked a Michigan. He actually legit faked the Michigan <laughs> Love it. in order to get, I think it was, Vinny Terry wide open all by himself for an easy goal. Net was open. People crashed behind to get to Zegers to try to stop the Michigan and mm-hmm. Zegers just pulled off that goal. Uh, my favorite goal that he did this season that I still can't believe I got to watch this live was in El Segundo when Zegers played against the Ontario Reign. He pulled off this. He got a goal, put it on the edge of his blade, like the short edge of the blade, yeah, and put it in, just flicking it up off of JF Barube. If you haven't seen it yet, it's an amazing goal. Yeah, he, the video doesn't do it justice. He he, I've seen some highlights of him. I think they were at the World Juniors, like in warmups, him doing this just crazy stuff with his with his stick and like the puck, where he's almost got the puck. It almost looks glued to his stick as he's like wrapping it around himself. So he has got some crazy hands. Um, oh, and I think yeah, I think the speed. I've definitely noticed that as well. I've obviously not watched him as much as you, but that jumps out. It's like, damn, this kid's fast. Oh, so. just imagine watching him in the warm-ups up close in Bakersfield. Man, yeah. that, that puck stays on there. And by the way, over a point a game average. Yep. And he was pretty good, right, in his limited action with Anaheim, it seemed. And he wasn't lighting the world on fire, at least statistically. Um, no, but that's, be- that's because he was benched by Coach Dallas Eakins. Mm. That whole drama that happened. Okay. So. What what was that drama? I'm not privy to that. Was oh, so the just... so the drama the drama there was that Trevor Zegers made one bad play, and Coach okay. Dallas Eakins decided to bench him for an entire period. And these were oh. games where he was averaging eight or nine minutes per game, and that was it. Okay, I think that does actually ring a bell a little bit. Um, he did still also end up with 13 points in 24 games, only playing averaging 15 minutes of ice time a night. So his stats really did. Now, one other question about his positional play between both uh, San Diego and in Anaheim, because in the world juniors, I saw a lot of him playing on the wing uh, and he's right. listed as a center. So I don't know. Some guys, 
the, the NHL is weird. Like it does this a lot. Like Patrick Kane's been listed as a center on their website for like 10 years. And he hasn't, I don't think ever played center in the NHL. So you really never know when, when it comes to official listings. Um, but how does he, how has he played so far? And what does he project to you as positionally center? Or great, great question. So Zegras did start off as a wing in Anaheim or in San Diego at the start of the season, went up to Anaheim, still played as a wing. When Zegris got sent down to San Diego late in the season, that's where they began this quote-unquote experiment at center, where he played seven games at center for San Diego, then went back up to Anaheim to finish the season, but he didn't get the games for an accrued season, so he will still be under team control until 2027. Then when he went to San Diego that last time, that's where they really put him full-time at center, and it carried over into that three-game playoff at Bakersfield. So the experiment itself, it started off kind of slow. He was averaging about 30 something face-off percentage wins in the playoffs. He was at about a 53% clip as far as winning face-offs by the time the playoffs or the three game playoff actually began small sample size. I know, but the center position face-offs have been better. The positioning has been better getting the passes at the right spot from that position. His overall game has been better in the last maybe two weeks of the season and the playoff compared to where he was at the start. We'll have more with Joe DiBiase after the first intermission, but first let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. Whether you have a Toyota, a Chevy, or a Datsun, or maybe you have an Aston Martin or Ferrari or a Lamborghini, rockauto.com has all the parts for you. They've been family owned and operated for over two decades. And hey, why pay full price at a big box store when you could pay half or even less than half the price for the same parts for your automobile? On a personal standpoint, I recently got some wipers and paid less than 50% of what it would have cost me at a big box store. So definitely check out rockauto.com in the how did you hear about us box. Tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the first intermission, more of my conversation with Joe DiBiase. Stay locked in. How about else? Anybody else in the system? I wonder actually who might be what I would call the Tage Thompson of a potential Eichel deal, which... If you, if you don't know the backstory of the O'Reilly, the Ryan O'Reilly trade with St. Louis in the buildup to that, all the only prospects the Sabres were talking about were Robert Thomas, who was their number one prospect, and Jordan Cairo, who was the Blues' number two prospect. And, oh, look, they end up getting, yeah, a late first-round pick guy that was often like considered the third or fourth best prospect in the Blues system, a guy that, you know, he could turn out to be pretty good, but nobody's really ranking him as one of the star prospects of the league. And I think... That's what Sabre fans are wondering, like, are worried about is who's the Tage Thompson from Anaheim? Who's the prospect that Ducks fans are like, oh, yeah, you could take this guy. And that's not to mean that he won't turn out to be a good player, but he might be more expendable and a better idea to Ducks fans than Zegers and Drysdale in an Eichel trade. Someone with NHL experience would be Isaac Lundestrom, who would go in that category, who only had nine points in 41 games, but he's also young. He's only 21 years old. And kind of got thrown to the Wolves a little bit, kind of like Drysdale got thrown to the Wolves. Lundestrom, same thing. He went up right away to Anaheim at his age 19 season and barely got his accrued season this year. 
So this year was technically his first accrued season. But in San Diego in 2020, he had 21 points in 43 games. Kind of stuck in that third or fourth line with Anaheim. So hasn't gotten a whole lot of playing time. But a great left winger. Uh, play center when he needs to, but he's much better in the wing. Let's be honest mm. here. A okay. really, really good skater. And honestly, as long as he gets the puck down low, he's really damn good. And one, a couple okay. other names I'm going to throw out there. Uh, sure. B.O. Grew. It, it is spelled G-R-O-L-U-X. Yes. It's pronounced Grew like the <laughs> character from Despicable Me. Uh, Bo Grew, I think, has one of the most effective shots as far as Ducks prospects go. And someone that San Diego fell in love with big time. Uh, mm. My only knock on Benoit's game is he's got to work on speed just a smidge. Mm-hmm. But he's a very intelligent player and very good two-way player. So that's someone that I did end up liking okay. a lot. And someone else that I have not mentioned, we haven't talked about goaltending. Right. Buffalo really has no goaltending. If they want a top goaltending prospect that got a lot of play towards the end of the season, Lucas Dostal. Dostal has been amazing for the San Diego goals, save for maybe two games. I thought he really stood tall in that three-game Pacific Division semifinal where he was lights out, had 45 saves, had 40 saves, like 30-something saves. In that playoff, he was amazing. The one knock on his game from the prospect line from two years ago was that he was working on his tracking. He improved on that. On last year's scouting report, and this was from Kat Silverman, who said that he needs to work on his lateral movement and staying post to post. He worked on that. Mm. He's a much better prospect than people gave him credit for. And maybe a little bit of inside information, if you don't mind. Yep. is um, So working those three games, there were a lot of scouts that came out all the way to Bakersfield. Yeah, the scouts went to Bakersfield. What is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they originally went out to watch Drysdale and Zegris. After that third game where Dostal stood on his head, and I don't remember which scout said this, but someone actually said, so what would it take to pry Dostal away from the Ducks? <laughs> Kid you not, wow. they said this. Wow. In 24 games, he had a 287 goals against and a 916 save percentage. Oh, his save percentage in the playoff, 935. And when he was loaned to Ilvis Sampin in the Swedish Liga League, in 11 mm-hmm. games, he was 10-1 and one with a 164 goals against and a save percentage of 941. His stock rose tremendously in the past year. So if someone yeah. wanted to go after Dostal, maybe that could be a possibility as well. So those are names... Sabres fans that should watch out for Lundestrom, Grew, and Lucas Dostal. All right. And you're right. They have literally zero goaltenders like for next season. Uh, Lena Salmark's going to be a free agent. They have one really good goalie prospect in Uka Pekalukanen, but he's dealt with injuries in each of the last two years. And goalie prospects, man, they could take forever. You know, like we had that here with Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller became like one of the best goalies in franchise history. But dude didn't show up here until he was like 26, ready to start. Drafted in 99, I think 0506 was really his first year as a starter. Uh, Linus Allmark right now. Allmark's become a pretty good goalie in the league. And same thing. He really didn't become a full-timer until he was 25. So Lukanen might be good, but he might be two, three years away still. 
And Dostal's add- 20 years old. He's only 20 okay. years old. He's maybe a year or two away. Why not take that punt? Right. Right, exactly. Why not try? Because then if you've got two guys, then you're just increasing your odds that, hey, one of the two is going to be your goalie of the future uh, exactly. rather than putting all your chips in on, on Lukanen right now. So I like mm-hmm. it. All right. Uh, final thing on an Eichel trade. I mean, if what is your if you're the Ducks, what are you offering to the Sabres? Are you coming right at them with Zegras and the third overall pick? My reasoning for if I were the Ducks, I would strongly consider that is they really kind of hold the cards here. They can kind of outbid anybody, especially if the reports are true that the Kings are out on the Sabres. Oh, there's been some disputing that. Friedman has even said that he wonders if the Kings are just outright outright lying about it to get the Sabres to lower their asking price. Um, But let's say, for instance, they are out. I think the Ducks got the best to offer. But if they don't offer Zegras or Drysdale with the third pick, I mean, suddenly you're kind of letting Columbus into the ballgame because Columbus has the fifth pick and a couple of other firsts. So... It's almost like, you know what I mean? Like their best offer outbids everybody else's. And if they don't mm-hmm. give the best offer, um, it's almost like they're letting other teams in on on the sweepstakes. And that's not to say Zegras in three is their best offer. They could come at them with Zegras, Drysdale in three. I just don't think that that's realistic as a first offer. So. No, they're not going to give up both. It's right, going to be exactly. one or the other. Right. So if you're the Ducks, what are you offering the Sabres right now? Let, let's let's try this one. That number It's going to begin with that number three pick no matter what. Would Buffalo be upset if they got the number three pick, Drysdale, and maybe Lundestrom or Dostal? Okay. So kind of what you're doing is you're take you're going from Zegras to Drysdale, but because of that, you're adding in one of these kind of second tier prospects uh, mm-hmm. for the Ducks. I personally I would take that if I were the Sabres. I would try to squeeze Zegras out of them. How big a difference do you think there is value wise, by the way? between Zegers and Drysdale? Because I've kind of been just referencing them as one and two. But do you think there's a gap between the two in terms of value? Uh, maybe a little bit of a gap because Drysdale did have okay. a hard time adjusting to the NHL at the start. But again, only 18 years old. Drysdale right, right. was not supposed to play, play this many games. That was not part of the plan. But because Lindholm went on long-term IR and he had a bunch of other guys go down an injury, mm-hmm. that necessitated Drysdale to go up faster than, frankly, the Ducks would have preferred. Right, right. Zegris has had an extra year of development at this point than uh yeah. than Drysdale has. Um all right, well it I think I think like you're in the ballpark though. I think if it's either three Drysdale and Ludstrom or if it's just three and Zegris, I think the Ducks I think the Ducks are gonna get Jack Eichel. I think if I had to bet on any team right now for him to be playing on next season um, I think I would pick Anaheim. A huge thank you to Joe DiBiase for coming on and talking about the possibility of Jack Eichel being traded to the Anaheim Ducks. So thanks again, Joe. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission, and afterwards I'll give my own thoughts on the possibility of Jack Eichel coming here to Anaheim. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag. The one place that has you covered and the one place we trust. They have all the sports going on right now, including Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, and of course the NHL playoffs. They're all in full swing. Head over to betonline.ag right now and on your first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. So for example, if you deposited 200 bucks on your first deposit use promo code locked on and you'll get a 100 bonus after your first deposit once again that is bet online 
Locked.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. All right, I'm going to give my own thoughts about all this on the other side. Welcome back to episode number 350 of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And as I just mentioned, this is episode number 350. So before I talk about Eichel again, just want to thank all of you for listening for the past 350 episodes. It is greatly appreciated. I appreciate all of you listening. So just thank you all once again. All right, so before we talk about Eichel, also don't forget, I will be on the Green Room later this week. Follow me on the Green Room or the Spotify Green Room app at Locked On Ducks. It's Locked On Ducks for the Green Room app. So one thing that I did want to talk about was this impending surgery that Jack Eichel is wanting to have or thinking about having. Buffalo does not want him to have either that surgery or really any surgery They want him to take the conservative approach and at worst, maybe have the neck fusion surgery. So I had to do a little bit of research on this. And the surgery that Jack Eichel wants is kind of a, it's an experimental surgery that hasn't been done a whole lot. In fact, it's only really been done the past 15 to 20 years. And this is a neck, it's a disc replacement surgery, something that's a little bit newer. And some of these newer discs that you could replace them with They are top of the line. They are meant to last for up to 40 to 50 years, which is a long time. Obviously, it would degenerate a little bit more because Jack Eichel would be playing a contact sport. So looking at the research here, if he were to have the traditional neck fusion surgery, that would fuse two of the, I guess, vertebrae together that would limit his range of motion on his neck. So it would limit his range by about... 10%. With the disc replacement, what that would do, that would give him almost full range of motion on his neck, something that could be rather important if you want to still have that good ice vision. So that is something that he is definitely wanting to do. The caveat to this particular surgery, it has been done in athletes, but it hasn't been done in athletes in a full contact sport. That's going to be the big thing to consider here is Jack Eichel does want it. But hey, I also think about the fact that a lot of these surgeries started with an experimental thing and it worked out perfectly. Look at Tommy John of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He had that UCL, I guess, ligament replacement surgery, which is now known as Tommy John surgery. And Tommy John was the first to have that particular surgery. And look what happened after that. He played for over a decade more. So that definitely worked on Tommy John. And now it is a surgery that is much more commonplace in baseball nowadays. So who's to say that this surgery that Jack Eichel wants isn't going to work out well? And in fact, just in the brief, I guess, history of this kind of surgery, patients have healed much better in the short term than they would with just traditional neck fusion surgery. In fact, I've seen some reports where some medical reports that they were able to come back to their full range of motion in less than six months. So we're talking about a drastically better range and drastically better healing in the short term. Obviously, the big question is going to be about long-term health. 
how long is that disc going to hold out when you have players checking you or, you know, your head being driven to the boards? How quickly is that going to degenerate? As far as regular athletics, and we're talking like track athletes, basketball, a couple of basketball players in there, basketball is kind of a high contact sport, but nothing where you have a lot of contact above the shoulders. If you do, that's a flagrant foul usually. But as far as hockey players, football players, rugby players, this has never been done before. Jack Eichel would, I guess, in a sense, be that guinea pig for this surgery. And if you're the Ducks, do you want to risk that? The Sabres definitely do not want to risk that at all. So maybe, just maybe, the Ducks could use that as sort of a bargaining chip. As if to say, we don't know if Jack really wants the surgery. And Well, we know he does. But if he gets this surgery and it doesn't work out, you know, maybe the Ducks don't give up all that much. But you still have to consider he's only 24 years old and already one of the top players in the National Hockey League. The main reason we didn't see him this past year was because of the neck issue. That I get. But when he is playing, he is on and he is on like Donkey Kong. Still one of the most dynamic players out there. Still one of the most offensively gifted players out there. I mentioned top 20. He's probably a top 15 player in the National Hockey League. When you look at his offensive stats and the one trouble area for the Ducks. Well, the Ducks have a lot of trouble areas, let's face it. But the one glaring trouble area is scoring. They've been at the bottom of the league the past two seasons as far as scoring. They were bottom in the league in power play percentage. Jack Eichel is extremely good on the power play. So give him that. Then you have to take into account that the defense is still okay. But maybe the Ducks just need to have an identity on offense right now. That's where I'm going to that's where I'm going to count my chickens. Work on the offense because at least you still have John Gibson in net and yes he is your last line of defense. But if you can improve that scoring by that much then uh yeah why not take that deal? The Ducks have been awful on power play percentage, as I've mentioned several times. The scoring isn't much better. The goals per game for the Ducks. You ready for this? They were at 2.21. Guess where that landed them? Dead last. They were dead last in scoring. They only scored 124 goals this season. Ah, That's bad. Power play percentage. 8.9%. They were the only team in the National Hockey League that had a single-digit power play percentage. Their net power play was a measly 4.9% by far. By far the worst in the National Hockey League. So take that into account what the Dugs' biggest issue is. Defense is still pretty bad. The defense could be better. The goals against is not the worst. I think they were ninth or 10th in goals against per game. But to be in the absolute bottom in goals and power play, that's the first thing that you have to work on is your offense. And bringing in a couple of assistant coaches like Ward and Stuthers who do specialize in that kind of discipline in offense, and especially Stutz having a discipline for the power play, yeah, I'd say definitely bring in someone like Jack Eichel. And maybe if the Ducks don't have to get rid of Trevor Zegris in order to get Jack Eichel, then you already have a dynamic duel on the power play between Eichel and Zegris. Who can you imagine that? All right, 
Uh, I'm going to close out the show for today. But once again, thank you all for listening for the past 350 episodes. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, If you want to hear any of the previous podcasts, you can do so on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, which is A-U-D-A-C-Y. Follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O underscore Ducks. And also a shout out here. Happy birthday to Ole Erickson and Lucas Dostal. It is their birthdays today, so happy birthday to two fantastic goalie prospects in the Ducks pipeline. Also, also, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you want to drop me an email. You may do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to have some Q&As from last week's Green Room. Thursday, it's going to be Goals Thursday. And we're going to take a look at the forwards from the San Diego Goals this past season. And Friday, who knows? No plan for that yet. Thank you all once again. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Be safe out there. Get vaccinated if you have not already. Please be kind to one another and ducks fly together. <laughs>